Hi there, it's Rakesh here. I'm doing uh, a podcast interview with my wife, Trishali Kadecha. Um She will, from here on, be doing all the podcast interviews. But as a starting point, we thought it would be best uh, for her to actually give her thoughts and opinions. So, hi Trishali. Hi. Why did you want to adopt? So, for those that haven't read my book yet, or that don't know me personally, um, I struggled to, con- well, we struggled to conceive. Um, it was a very lengthy journey in trying to conceive. Um, we tried IUI a couple of times, and then we were starting our IVF journey, and lo and behold, I fell pregnant. And the pregnancy wasn't easy at all. I was on injections for nine months. Um, the birth wasn't plain sailing either. We need, you know, it, it, it really was hard. So when Anne, who is our firstborn, turned two, we thought about siblings for him and, you know, we didn't want to stop at one, but I wasn't ready to fall pregnant again. So we'd always spoken about adoption because we struggled to conceive and it was the right time for us, I guess. Okay, and how did you go about it? How didn't we go about it? Um, Well, at the time we were living in Leicester. So our first port of call was Leicester Local Authority. It's a predominantly Asian place. You know, there's a lot of Asians or Hindus living in Leicester. And we thought, contact the local authority. Let's see if there's a way to adopt a child locally. Unfortunately, after going to the seminar, we found out that we would be waiting over nine years to adopt and that would mean Anna would be 11 because we, the author- local authority would only allow us to adopt a Hindu child and Hindu children don't become readily available in the UK. So we then started researching into intercountry adoption with India. Okay, why there are so many children in this country mm. that are up for adoption. Why did you go to adopt from abroad and why specifically to India? So, based on what the local authority at the time had told us, that's Leicester, we could only adopt a Hindu child and whether it be locally to Leicester or the whole of UK, Hindu children aren't available to adopt. So, the next best place was India, which is where we're all from. Um, and that's where my grandparents were born that's our background we've been to India um, it, it just felt right been to orphanages in India seeing the children struggle there it, you know we can't adopt here then why not there okay and what was the process like awful <laughs> in simple terms um, we were initially told that from the date of approval the wait would be six months so we were like okay that's not so bad we can get paperwork done if we really really push ourselves then you know hopefully what our paperwork will be done in 12 months we'll get approval and you know we'd only be waiting another six so 18 months to two years max well we were totally wrong weren't we um as we started the process slowly but surely that wait time went up and up and up and up and up 
and for a zero to two year old child we were told the wait times had increased to three years after approval but we started the process in 2017 and couples and families that we met at the time are only just being matched with children so actually that three-year wait was totally incorrect I, I don't think covid helped but yeah can you imagine and he's now seven and we're only we would only just be matched that's crazy bearing in mind the amount of children that there are there waiting for families so our adoption process took two years yeah so how did that come about then because obviously the time is three years for a match so we went through so once we got our car logins which was an absolute nightmare as well and I, I remember chasing Cara constantly for these logins we finally received them in April 2019 and I remember spending a weekend and it's like a database so once you get your logins you can have a look for children that are readily available um, for immediate placement and there was no way I was going to wait three years let's be honest for anyone that knows me I'm the most impatient human being on earth and if I could do it yesterday why wait for tomorrow so I remember we were um, in central London for the weekend we put Anna to bed and you and I were sleeping on a sofa bed and we went through every child within the zero to two year old category that was available for immediate placement and in the end I think we came down to three children one who was lactose intolerant yes that's considered a disability in India um, one little girl I can't remember what was wrong with her and we came across Sia who had a hearing deficiency and after some discussion I think we decided to go with C well we did go with Sia as everyone else knows um, because there's nothing a hearing aid can't sort um, you know your child could be born hearing deficient it's no big deal and then what happened we obviously did the match and then what happened thereafter what was the process the rest of that process so we locked we we contacted iac i think monday morning we we're like we want this child we want to look her we want to go and visit her and see how she is and they confirmed that they had locked her for 28 days i think it is um which allowed us time to book flights and head out there and we took Anne with us despite a lot of people telling us not to and it was probably the biggest blessing we did um, in hindsight and I'm glad I didn't listen to anyone and that you didn't listen to anyone and I'm glad that we took him because number one if we hadn't and had just randomly come home with this little girl later on down the line who he had never met or we had never involved him in I think he would have resented it but secondly it played a massive part in allowing us to get her um, yeah so we flew out to India and we were in touch with Asar who's like the head of the orphanage and arranged a meeting to see her and also managed to get some reports for a paediatrician in India to review but also for her to be able to for us to be able to investigate the hearing deficiency a bit further and see how advanced or not advanced it was um, 
and just get some answers and, and get moving with it to be honest I think when we sat in on that flight to go to India we kind of knew deep down we were going to go with for her no matter what but it was just ticking a box okay and I mean you mentioned obviously taking an A was a blessing in disguise mm. um and you've mentioned obviously the hearing deficiency that Sia had yeah so firstly what was the blessing for taking an A so when we were out there in April and she had seen a paediatrician this hearing deficiency that they had claimed she had wasn't actually a hearing deficiency she actually had an ear infection that they hadn't picked up on so we obviously paid for some medication to get that sorted and we knew we were going to go ahead with her no matter what so we decided to allow Anae to see her and I remember going shopping with Anae to pick up a little gift for her but I'd already packed a gift for him from her that we'd taken from here so we allowed the two to meet and he was over the moon but when Cara found out that she only had an ear infection and it wasn't a hearing deficiency they turned around and said that we couldn't have her and she needed to go back into the system because she was now classed as a normal child um, and the blessing in disguise and what we used was well no hold on a minute our two-year-old has met her He's fallen in love with her, accepted her as a sister. How can you do that to him? And they backed off. Okay, brilliant. Um, how did you feel when you f met Sia for the first time? Um, extremely emotional. Um, sorry. Sorry. It was tough because the orphanage she was at was disgusting and I, I say that to the day it, it was awful um, she in every video that we'd had for, from the orphanage she was constantly crying and on the day she was crying too and I remember taking her from the carer to try and calm her down and I think there's a video of me outside trying to hush her well I think you were taking the video and it's a scene that's never left me I mean if you look at her now you wouldn't know that she's from an orphanage I mean she's an absolute princess dirty hands never <laughs> I mean she, there's no chance she'd be playing outside in the mud without having to wash her hands and you know getting her clothes dirty my god never think of it but she's a different kid now you'd never know but that's a memory that's stuck with me how did you feel when you picked her up and brought her home for the first time? Accomplished. I'd done right by her. I was out to give her a new life and that's what I've done. She came to us not speaking a word of English. She came to us scared. She came to us battered if you like. Um, she came to us hungry, confused and now she's a totally different kid she speaks for england she loves going to school 
Never, she'd never seen this ball before she came to us. She eats for England. She loves her food. Um, she's a totally different kid. Totally different kid. Um, and actually, I liked the fact that I could prove others wrong because they said it was the worst thing we were doing. People told us that we shouldn't adopt and that we would ruin our son's life and we haven't done that. Not only have we been blessed by bringing her here, but he's got a sister that he dotes on and she dotes on him. No one, if they ever met us in the street, would know that she's adopted. So actually we've done right by both of our kids, no matter what others told us. You, you've touched on it slightly, but she's been with us now for three years. Yeah. How is she doing? Amazing. She's doing amazingly. She loves going to school. She loves her friendship circle. She loves life. And yes, she's a drama queen, but we wouldn't change that for the world. She loves dressing up. She loves doing whatever she's doing whether we're out and about, whether she's at school, she gives it a hundred percent and that's all we care about. You know, I do come across like a strict mum. We've always pushed Anne and we've always gone at his pace though. That's what people don't see. And we're doing the same with her. And she's flourishing. She's absolutely flourishing. Okay, let me take you back a little bit now. When you told the family, what was their reaction? Um, when we told the family, we had very mixed reactions. Um, people that I thought would question it didn't. <laughs> and people that I didn't think would question it, questioned it. Um, you know, we had family members asking me why we're adopting and is it because I can't have any more children? We had family members telling us you're ruining your son's life and taking his inheritance away from him. We had family members saying, why don't you try to have another before you adopt? We had family members saying You don't know where, you don't know what blood she is. I mean, what does that even mean? Taking my son's inheritance. So because I'm adopting, I'm taking his inheritance away. However, if I felt pregnant, I wouldn't be. That's okay, is it? Can't you fall pregnant again? Bit invasive, dunno. I should have responded saying, I don't know, I haven't tried. But at the time, I think it was just shock, sheer shock, because we were over the moon about this journey. And family held us back. Family really, really did bring us down over it. I mean, you're living in England. We're not back in the 60s where people were allowed to question it or did question it. But it happened to us. It happened not only by the elder generation, but our generation too.
how did you deal with it? At the time, we didn't, did we? Let's be honest. I think we were both shocked. We didn't know how to deal with it, to be honest. We just wanted to concentrate on bringing her home. Um, I think the biggest way we dealt with it was shutting people out, to be honest. We relocated to Sully Hole. I mean, I don't keep in touch with a lot of people anymore that have disrespected us in our journey. And it, and it is disrespect, if you ask me. You know, it's I, you would never see me question somebody's decision in life. Um, but it's allowed me to become stronger now because I'm talking about it, which I never would have done. I'm talking about it openly now because it's not okay to do that. It's not okay to question somebody and their life choices. It's, you know, they made us feel like we'd, we were committing a murder and we weren't. We were adopting a child. These same people go to India to orphanages and cry over these children. They donate money there. Why? But it's not okay for me to bring a child home and give her a house, give her a family give her a life that she deserves. Why? You know, we had family members saying to us, don't bring her home, just sponsor her education. What about the love that child needs? Okay. What would you say to those who are facing that stigma or issues in trying to adopt? Because I'm sure we are not the only ones who went through that. I'd say address it, address it because actually it's gonna, you're gonna allow it to turn into anger like we did. I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're like us and you know it will turn into anger, but I'm saying address it now. Address it and be open with it. Open and honest about it. If you don't like it, say it. But also, if you have family members doing that, don't allow them to. Shut them out is all I'm gonna say to you because you don't need that negative aura around you. If you were pregnant, they wouldn't be saying that. So why is it okay for them to be saying it if you're adopting? Talk to people, talk to your friends, talk to people that understand. And hey, if they haven't got anybody to talk to, drop me a message. I'll happily talk to you about it. I'll happily sit there and listen to it because I've been there. I know how it feels. And what would you say to people who's families are telling them not to adopt and putting up barriers some not allowing them to adopt because they live together or you know that sort of environment what would you say to them i'd say that their family members need to speak to maybe family members of people that have adopted like our like my parents for example you know my mum and dad are traditional very traditional but they've supported us in our journey endlessly. Um, all I'd say is get them talking to people. Find seminars where families can come together to talk about adoption in general. I mean, it's not spoken about openly. People in our community only adopt if they can't have children. That's the norm. It's been going on for years. You know, you speak to couples now that haven't got children and they're like, in hindsight, we wish we'd adopted. Yep, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. The younger generation 
even though they can have children choose to adopt why can't that be normal why does that have to have a stigma attached to it okay obviously you've given uh people the idea of contacting you so your adoption journey hasn't ended clearly <laughs> um, so what is there for you and adoption now what are you doing so i've got i've written two books okay. one is um a book about our journey with all the legislation in it everything you need to know and the second book i've written for children because there's nothing out there to explain to a child where India is, what adoption is, the differences between an orphanage and here. Um, so I, I've written that based on Sia's journey, which has just been published. And I've also got my adoption support blog, um, which I update regularly. And my podcast links will be available on there. Ha- and also um, information on my books. But I keep up to date with like current affairs, Sia's journey, you know, anything and everything's on there so anything to support people that are going through the inter-country adoption route um you know you're expected to do a lot of reading you're expected to do some media watch you're expected to do quite a bit and you need to be up to date with that so yeah my blog's probably your best bet uh, without you having to really research it and what are your contact details for that so there's a contact um, there's a there's a page on there that you can contact me on and it comes directly through to my um, through to my um, email and you can I'm, I'm not sure if my my mobile number's on there but again I'm sure you can contact me um, if you contact me via the blog I can drop you a message with that um, and I'm currently in the process of having a website made um, which will be available soon enough because I am looking to do work with intercountry adoption with India. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.